Hello, hello. Thank you for stopping in for another great audio interview. I'm Kay, Comics First production coordinator and contributor, and your host for today. I'm joined with the great and underrated talents behind Gamer Girl and Vixen, a heartwarming lesbian larceny story that I had a hugely successful Kickstarter campaign for the first two issues that are now available in print and digital. If you're not convinced by the utter cuteness of this super villainous love story, check out my review of the first two issues on the website comicverse.com your source for in-depth comics analysis. For those of you who are already ahead of the curve and are as hungry for the third issue as I am, check back at www.gamergirlandvixen.com for updates from the creators themselves. It looks like they'll be launching another Kickstarter for the first six issues of the story, right? That, yes. Yeah, okay, perfect. And then, so don't forget to help them out and all the other creators in their endeavors. You can also find Gamer Girl and Vixen and Comicsverse on Tumblr, so don't forget to follow us on there. So hopefully we'll be posting this interview with audio recordings to give you an enhanced and very personal interview experience with Sean Mills, Christy McDowell, and Gemma Moody. So welcome, new friends to Comics First. Thanks so much for taking the time to do this. Um, how are you all doing today? I'm feeling pretty great. Thanks for that yeah. wonderful intro. Got yeah, that was excited. very nice. <laughs> Yeah, no, of course. I mean, I would like to be thorough and sincere. That's what I try to do. That's actually why I liked Gamer Girl and Vixen, but we'll get into that later. So from the looks of your Tumblr, uh, Tumblr, Christy and Sean, you two have been writing for quite some time. And Gemma, I specifically love the fact that you're described as a self-taught creative because as someone who's trying to draw and write as well, it's super hard to find a niche. And um, just to get us warmed up, how did you all meet each other? Well, like the thing says, Christy and I have been writing together for a very, very, very long time now. I think going on like 10 years or so, if not more. I think it's, I think it's more than that, I think. Uh. Yeah. And we actually met online. You know how you, you always hear people, oh, nowadays you people online all the time. But back 10 years ago, it was still a weird and scary thing. Mm-hmm. But we met in like a club for writers online and fans of the X-Men. We were fan fiction writers. Oh, that's awesome. That and started writing together with like a bunch of other people. And it was one of the back when you know, message boards were bigger and chat rooms and stuff like that. And we just hit it off. And then one day we decided to meet in person and that went just as well. That's awesome. So, okay. So then that kind of cuts out my next question about your familiarity or appreciation for comics. But that's really interesting. So you guys just met up online and that's really interesting. Like what made you decide to meet each other or work together because I know at least from personal experience oftentimes with writers and artists alike it's really easy to get really cagey about your own work and feeling unable to reach out to another person so what was it about that relationship that you felt comfortable just kind of working together well I think it's I mean it's kind of familial like we've we've fought about lots and lots of things I mean we did butt heads a lot not so much story-wise but sometimes <laughs> we just have our nerd fights and disagree on things along those lines and I think we just developed a thick skin for one another so when it came to the idea of collaborating Sean's probably the easiest person to collaborate with because nothing we say to each other really hurts our feelings so we can yeah. be as the whole clubs that we met together on was all about writing together with other people, writing like fan fiction. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. So that's really how our friendship grew and how we met. So we were already, that's pretty much what we were doing, writing together. So when we decided to take it professionally, it just carried on over. Well, I don't know professionally, but still with the comics, actually making real comics, it just kind of came off what we were already doing together. So that was a big help as opposed to, I mean, I totally understand, you know, not wanting to share all my great million dollar ideas with people, but, for me and her, it was just automatic, really. 
I mean, that's really interesting because actually it's reassuring for me because I think that it's despite, you know, the vastness of the internet and everything, it's really hard to, I don't know, feel like you can trust another person enough with your work or feel like you can collaborate effectively online, especially. I mean, in a lot of ways, the internet kind of gives way to, you know, those relationships being better kind of, you know, worked on. But at the same time, like maybe I'm just a especially suspicious person, but I'm always really cagey about sharing my ideas with someone. So it's really great that you guys could do that and create something really great from it. Just to focus on the artist for a little bit, Gemma, I wanted to talk about how you've kind of molded yourself into a comic book artist for this series. I'm really impressed by the fact that you were able to you know, maintain a specific style for the Gamer Girl and Vixen series. And you mentioned that you're always experimenting and always want to learn different styles. So how are oh, you yeah. so how are you able to tap into a specific style but still be experimental? Because as someone who works, not even works, as someone who doodles and draws all the time but can't really decide on a particular style, I'm wondering how you're able to still experiment but then still kind of create something that's stylistically cohesive, I guess. Well, I suppose I would say draw lots so that even if you take a break from drawing one thing, like if I take a break from drawing Gamer Girl and Vixen and do something else entirely different, I've drawn them so much that it's almost second nature to me. Mm -hmm. But the most important thing to me, if you are wanting to experiment with style or just broaden your horizons a bit, is to just look. Look for other people, look for other styles. My mm. Tumblr is pretty much just filled with other artists yeah. whose style I like. You know, there, there's always something, even if I don't like the coloring, mm -hmm. I might like the way they do eyebrows. Mm. Even if I don't like the way they draw their bodies, I might like their expressions. There's always something somewhere to take. And no one's going to come to you and say, Excuse me, I think you've copied the eye style off of this particular artist because even yeah. if you try and copy it, as much as you, you try and trace it, without tracing it, you just try and copy it, it's still going to have your unique little quirks and right. ticks. If yeah. I try and copy a picture, one of my sisters tries to copy a picture, it will still look like I drew that picture and she drew that picture because there are little tiny, like, unique things that you do that you don't even realize. It's like putting your own personal thumbprint mm -hmm. on your own art without I, realizing I it. actually really like that description, like putting a thumbprint on it, because I, I think that that argument is so prevalent right now with any kind of creative media where people are like, oh, like this is so not original because it's like this, this and this. But if you think about it, anything in history, anything in culture is so cyclical anyway. And, exactly. you know, like there every no new ideas under the sun. Yeah. And everything is just then everything has to be a subjective experience anyway. And, you know. It's almost that the, the magic comes from the fact that a subjective experience can overlap in some way versus something being super unoriginal. So that's really comforting because I think that a lot of... Something you always see is that whenever people do artists or interviews with other artists, they'll say who their inspirations are. Mm -hmm. So even the ones that you're inspired by were inspired by other people. So it's just... Uh, where do you get your ideas from? And, and everywhere is the answer. Yeah, for sure. There's, there's no wrong answer there. Yeah, that's a great answer. Thank you. Not a problem. So just to kind of bring all of you guys together, how did this specific project with Gamer Girl and Vixen or how did these characters come about exactly? When was like the decision made to kind of go with the Kickstarter and bring in Gemma? Like how did that all come about? Well, I think it would have been, geez, two years ago now-ish. 
Christy and I were just getting, we were kind of wrapping up uh, the clubs we were talking about earlier in the fan fiction. We were trying to push into making comics for real. Christy had already started. I wanted to follow her example. Mm. And so when we decided to collaborate, we just so happened to be writing prototypes of these two characters in one of our fan fiction clubs. Mm. And we decided, you know, we were big fans of all the years we'd been writing together. This is one of our favorite stories to write together. So when we decided we wanted to collaborate on a real project, we just kind of lifted that up off the clubs and made it real. Mm. You know, we re- revamped the characters, revamped oh, some of the story, but the the heart was in this project we've been working on together for years, just writing back and forth, collaborating on. And we said we want to make it real, and thankfully people are liking it. So like, we had a good story there. Yeah, you guys definitely did. Actually, like just to jump into that, like the story of Gamer Girl and Vixen. First of all, I'm sure I'm not the only person to have said this, but just internally, I felt, you know, finally, like finally there's a cool comic that doesn't, you know, exotify being queer or having two girls be in love or like it's not, you know, it's not just like this way of getting attention or anything. It's just like it just is. And I found that the story was so sincere and Gemma's art makes it all the more lighthearted and sincere for me. So in a world that is starting to actually feel progressive, Gamer Girl and Vixen was such a uh, sight for sore eyes for me. Did you guys construct this story or like did you guys develop it years ago with that kind of vibe in mind or was it just a story that you sincerely wanted to share with the world? Well, we had been cultivating this dynamic between these two characters for a long time and the different incarnations through the fan fiction club. So I think who they are was just kind of, we weren't writing those stories for anybody but ourselves. And it just Mm -hmm. seems so translatable. I mean, having come from a world where I never saw myself reflected in comics. I mean, I grew up reading comics in the nineties, right? You know, gays were a limp wristed joke, not a real thing yet. Right. Yeah. So that was really hard. Mm -hmm. And, then I started getting more and more progressive. You're seeing much more of it coming out, but it's always, you've got these tragedies, you know, some, in order for somebody to realize that somebody's okay, somebody has to die or, you know, it just, yeah, exactly. These big melodramas and we're like, God, it doesn't have to be so serious. It could be fun. You know, this doesn't have to be this doldrum attached to the idea of being part of the LGBT community i mean there's a reason why we use pride because it's mm-hmm. and it's something who we are we should be celebrating it and i think with this it's more of a celebration of just being who you are whether that's gay whether that's being a costume mm-hmm. super chill, you know just be yourself you're gonna find somebody who's gonna love you just for you I really like that idea, I think, because it's, you know, as, you know, as much as this all makes sense, obviously, like you would want to have this really, you know, just kind of like this fun experience. And I like the word that you chose, like a celebration of it, of just being who you are. It's surprisingly lacking in comic books often, like even now, like it's better now, but often it's just very, everything is so dramatic and everything is just like the soul crushing experience. And none of it has to be like that. And that's kind of what I liked about uh, Gamer Girl and Vixen. So thank you guys. But also because I just, I'm typically not, you know, it's really hard for me to get into a series unless, you know, obviously the writing and the art is good. And sometimes it's easy for me to pass over something because it's campy. And I thought it was really interesting that Gamer Girl and Vixen totally avoided or like was able to translate to me as not 
that campy. Like it was a very, I think for lack of a better word, sincere is like the one word that I can think of. So the just kind of getting an understanding of what, like where it came from or like how your relationship to each other organically created this story really makes sense because it doesn't feel constructed at all. It feels like a very organic story. So thank you for that. Sorry, that was kind of a, a little bit of a digression. So sorry about that. But Yeah, so I guess another thing I really liked about the story was how instead of following that same old superhero narrative, it focused more on Bianca and Liz's interest in being supervillains. I guess you kind of answered this, but is their love for each other as well as their sexual identity in line with the supervillainy as a metaphor or am I reading too far into it? You might be. (laughs) People can read what they want in the stories. I've always been in favor of that, but there was never a connection we made. It wasn't that they're because they were gay that they had to be villains. It was they're just separate parts of who they are. They neither one defines the other and they are just who they are. Was there anything think, oh sorry. Go oh ahead. no, I was just gonna say I think you get a lot of gay heroes more often than you get gay villains. Mm-hmm. And that's I mean, a lot of it has to do with the stereotyping. Sometimes I mean, you probably heard back when Batgirl had that trans villain character and Batgirl reacted very poorly to that. Right. It was it was a big deal because she's supposed to be this hero. She's got this trans best friend. You'd mm-hmm. think that she'd be a little bit more progressive and enlightened and that she had that negative reaction right. to that villain character. And I think it's because the villain was played up to be this cartoony, over-the-top right, 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 stereotype right. of something. And Whereas these characters are villains, but they're not stereotypes of anything. They're not expressing or doing anything that would be bad because they're bad gay people or bad trans people. They're right, just, right, right. You know, they're just they're just kind of bad girls who happen to be gay. Mm-hmm. But it it's not so much that like they're, they're not mutually because, like they're not mutually exclusive at all. They're just it's just a consequence of the story. Right. right. They were just drawn to being bad guys instead of drawing to be I mean some you read it all the time in comics. Some people develop powers and they want to go out and save the world. Others want to tear it down. These girls just want to cause a little bit of mayhem. That's really interesting. Like, is there, I mean, just on a, I guess, a personal level for all of you, I I know for myself that I always not, I don't want to say I root for the villain, but the villains are always the most interesting part of a story to me. So it's interesting that you guys chose to make Bianca and Liz kind of, you know, want to be the girls that cause mayhem versus save people. And is that something personal to all of you? Do you guys feel like you enjoy characterized villains more than heroes or... Oh, me personally, I'm a tried and true hero guy. Whenever Interesting. I play, whenever I play video games, I can never bring myself to play like a, an evil character. In the games where you get to choose where your character is good or evil, with like that's all the rage these days. I, I can never be a bad guy. I always got to be a goody two shoes. Interesting. So this was just like a deviation of that, I suppose. Yeah, I'm, 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 a, I'm a white knight sort of guy, but have fun writing villain characters, I guess. I mean, but that's the thing. It's so funny because Bianca and Liz don't really read as like, that's the thing. It's so funny because they are labeled as supervillains, but I don't, I like. I feel like, you know, I care. It's not like the typical villain readership relationship where it's kind of like, oh, you love to hate that villain or like that yeah. villain is so cool. Yeah. It's very different. Like Bianca and, or Bianca and Liz are very, you know, just like perfectly normal and nice girls. Yeah. Who just, uh, yeah. Who just want to like fool around. Animals. They, um. 
I always imagined like if superheroes were to start becoming a thing now, you're going to have the, the heroes that want to save the world. You're going to have the bad guys who want to destroy the world. But then there are going to be people who develop powers who are like, what could I do with it for me? Mm-hmm. And that's more what these characters are about. They don't really ha- aspire to be anything except well, pop culture celebrities, really. They want to be known for being fun and exciting and, and silly. They don't really want to be known for... They don't want people to hide from them if they arrive. They want to like right. be selfies with them. They want to yeah. be media sensations. <laughs> they don't really want to be anything grander than that. Yeah, I mean, not, but that's like that's super... Evil. Yeah, that's super awesome and I think relatable too because I feel I I like that they're both still in college too. I feel like that's where like that's the age where you're trying to figure out your identity and you kind of want to be seen as like as a certain identity. And I think that that's really interesting that you clarified that for me where it's just kind of they're not trying to hurt anybody at all. Like that's the one thing I loved about them too. Like they're not ever trying to hurt anyone. They just kind of want to be, you know, playfully mischievous. And I think that that's really interesting. And again, going back to what you guys were saying about how there's so much drama in superhero stories, like which is fine. Um, it's really easy to kind of get downtrodden by that. And it's really nice to see this kind of refreshing story about, you know, like, you know, all girls just want to have fun. Like it's a really nice story. And underneath all that, there's like this just, um, you know, I don't want to say analysis, but this kind of acknowledgement of just identity. And I think that something that I personally read into your series was the fact that it goes into kind of this very relatable issue with anyone about kind of identity and figuring yourself out or, you know, what you want to show to people and what you don't want to show. But even with that, it's still lighthearted. And Gemma's art kind of carries through with that too, because there are times where I'm sure all of you have seen this where in comics, the art and the tone of the story can not like can be incongruous. And it's kind of I don't know, like, again, I'm going on another dry gushin, but it's really it's really comforting that this is just like so lighthearted because I feel like we're in a it's so easy to get too heavy on certain identity issues. But I actually wanted to ask if any of you have heard of The Infinite Loop by Pierre Collinan, Elsa Charretier, and it's under IDW. And I was reminded by your series, Gamer Girl and Vixen, actually reminded me of The Infinite Loop in a lot of ways. So you guys should definitely check it out because it's about two girls and it has a lot to do with time travel a little bit too. And it's about, it's a little bit more politically driven, I think, but it is still fun. But you know, Gamer Girl and Vixen is a lot more fun, I think. But we'll definitely have to check it out. I'm yeah, definitely right do it. Yeah, I may have actually heard this one. Yeah, no, it's on my list. Yeah, it's very good. And yeah, sorry, I'm kind of like got off track a little bit. But Gemma, as an artist, just in terms of the look of Bianca and Liz, where did you look for inspiration? Like going into looking at their street clothes and their supervillain costumes. And was the portrayal and representation of the variety among people something that was purposeful or just kind of instinctive? Right. Well, the costumes, they were already done pretty much. They were already designed. So anything I did, little baubles here and there, bells and whistles, was just superfluous. So okay. I don't think I've actually added much other than like belt details maybe, but that's just so I can remember it. <laughs> and even then I forget half the time anyway, so I have to keep diving <laughs> to reference pictures. <laughs> uh, for the street clothes, 
uh, as soon as I read the first issue, I pretty much got a good idea for like who they were, how they carried themselves, right. what kind of things they'd wear and stuff like that. I asked anyway, like, would they wear this? Would they wear that? And, you know, the answer I got back was like, yeah, duh. But <laughs> pretty much, I pretty much just like pick words that I think describe them and then start looking for fashion. So like mm-hmm. a geek chic or like preppy. You know, and then I'll right. start looking or, or like because I have a giant folder on my computer full of outfits and accessories all separated by like shoes and shirts and everything. Because I can <laughs> Really? That. that sounds neat. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's an entire folder dedicated to Gem and the Holograms. And you can't do anything about it. <laughs> oh, wow. You have to talk to one oh, yeah. of the- Oh, my God. We have so many fans of Gem and the Holograms over here. That's so funny. <laughs> And as for the um, as for the people of all different types of shapes and sizes and colors and everything in the background, that's just always been the way I am. You know, anytime someone doesn't specifically say it's a ginger girl or it's a blonde boy in the background, I just say, well, I guess they can be whatever. So it'll be like onlookers staring by, and because. The TV I watch, there's all different types of people. And the places I go, there's all different types of people. And the lack of that in modern comics and and drawings, you know, I just fill it in with whatever I think. Like, the first opportunity I had to, like, really do some crowd stuff was the first panel of issue two, where I put my big stamp of, like, this is me, this is what I'm doing, which was having a blonde girl and a black boy holding hands, walking front and center. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes, this is the kind of background detail you're going to expect from me. I don't do buildings great, but look at the people. <laughs> well, that's actually really nice, though, because I, like, obviously this might come from just my own kind of you know, ignorance, I'm sure. But it's interesting to me because I feel like there are a lot of modern comics right now that it's like, you know, whitewashed and it's just very annoying at times. So, or at least for me. And so it's like, I didn't mean to make it seem like you were doing it super purposefully to be oh, to have care. like to have like an Did agenda or anything. You know? Yeah, it's like there I'm for a reason. Right. You know? Yeah, I think I'm that I'm not doing it to say a message or anything. I'm just doing it because it's what I would want to say. Right. You know? Right. 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 I value variety. Like in my own personal projects, every single time I get a chance, I'll try and do different types. I'll have fat people, skinny people, tall people. You know, Germans, Italians, Greek everything that I like because I like seeing variety Mm -hmm. I always have and I always will I don't really like the standard boring this is beautiful and also this is beautiful because if everything's beautiful then nothing is right like all the tv shows you get or that I watch like in England you know the people you see on tv are just normal you remember that person because they got the funny face with the big eyebrows or Mm -hmm. that woman's got the massive nose you know or the silly hairstyle you know you remember the things that are odd about a person that are charming in a way and I think that in a way odd and somewhat ugly is cute well I mean Yeah, I think that that's nice though because it may it does really make all of the characters memorable. Just exactly, it, and like I think that that's another thing that I really enjoyed about Game of Girl and Vixen. So the fact that you all teamed up together to do this was really great. Just because, just from your from your description, you 
you like you care about variety. It's not like you have any political agenda of any kind or anything. Not that it reads like that, but in a world where everything is activism and progressive, it's really easy to read into stuff like that, which I'm guilty of too. But it's really comforting that you just want to see variety because you you know you just want to see different people. Yeah, and you're what what you're used to. Yeah, exactly. Down the street and see knockout supermodels everywhere you go. You see normal people. I think people are going to start getting afraid of seeing normal people. It's like, oh my goodness, that woman is like not six foot tall and skinny. What am I going to do? Oh, it's already happening. I feel it's already happening. But it's, I mean, I appreciate that just because it's, I feel like it's so easy to read any comic book or even a, you know, just like any visual media and just instantly forgetting why that person was important just on a visual level because you're just like, wait, who is that? Like that person looks a lot like this other person that was supposed to be important. And it's, yeah, so just to wrap that up, it's super appreciated and that's really great. <laughs> I think that um, the subtlety also helps because I don't like making a big deal of things. I just like having them be there so that it is the normal without saying Exactly. Things. Yes, that's exactly. Otherwise yeah. I'm like, hey, look, is that a black guy over there? Wow, that's so amazing in this white school. Yeah. It's just really tacky. <laughs> oh, and that tackiness so exists, though. That's why it's like so so appreciated because there are times where it just feels like look our token like our token Asian friend meet this person and it's just like it's too much he does his walk on bit and then he's gone yeah exactly it's either that or here's our Asian friend and he's got like the most perfect boring personality ever so that we're not offending anyone yeah exactly exactly and it gets boring the character should come first and then what minority boxes they tick should come second Mm -hmm, exactly i couldn't and didn't say it better myself (laughs) it's perfect that's exactly i think you've actually just outlined the whole reason or like not the whole reason but one of the many reasons why i like this series because there is subtlety in just the variety of it and it, it, you're right, it is the real world, but it's so hard to kind of get through to people or readers. And sometimes we'll be like, oh, like, why is this? Yeah, okay, sorry. Anyway. Um, fine. <laughs> I think there is one, a couple of more questions. Ask away. We yes. haven't told you yet how we met Gemma. Yeah, how have you met Gemma? That's a great question. Supermodel search. I was the top result. Supermodel search. <laughs> most charming most charming artist. Go. Oh, well, definitely. Three three years running. Wow. <laughs> yeah, how did you guys meet? Uh, with well, Gemma- I'm, I'm actually um I'm actually a shut in pretty much. I grew up really weird, so I didn't know anything about comics. The first superhero I ever really knew was Radioactive Man from The Simpsons. Oh, <laughs> like, that's great! I knew who Superman was, and I knew who Batman was because I knew who they were. I didn't know they were comic book characters. I didn't like equate the two. Mm-hmm. I didn't really have a TV, so. When I used to go to my dad's house for the weekend, we'd get to watch TV. And that's when I got to see things like Batman and Samurai Jack. And I was like, oh, Samurai Jack is so good. (laughs) And so I'd been drawing and writing pretty much all my life. And I got two sisters who do the same things, you know, so we would collaborate and cooperate and compete. (laughs) That's the most important thing. Have rivalries so that you really, really bitterly want to get better than the other person. Oh, I totally understand that. Yeah. But 
we'd been drawing and I didn't really get into any kind of like fandoms or anything. So I didn't write fan fiction. So we just drew and wrote our own things based on like books and ideas. And then when the internet came around, I decided that I was going to start doing art professionally. And uh, I had done a couple of other things that were really not good for me and that I didn't get paid for them. They kind of bailed on me, even though I had done the work. So Mm. Gamer Girl and Vixen put up an ad on DeviantArt was the thing I think the one I responded to, mm-hmm. but it might have been digital like so. webbing. I did check both, and I ended up going for it, even though I was pretty much told that I probably wouldn't get it because a lot of well-known at that time other artists were going for it as well, and they had been known to get like all the good jobs, and I didn't have a good track record. Well, but, who told you that? Well, you showed uh, them. I I sure did. Who's laughing now? (laughs) (laughs) uh, (laughs) I kind of have this forceful personality you might have noticed or picked up on the subtle hints, but the internet is a very nervous place where people can say the wrong things or are terrified of starting conversations. So I tend to just say everything first so that if anyone's going to make a wrong step it's going to be me and i'm probably going to make about 12 wrong steps and if you don't like me at that point then we probably weren't going to be friends anyway it sounds like you just had a lot of haters i came on strong and started drawing like a little free piece of chibi art for gamer girl and vixen for christy who we were just chatting away (laughs) and that was the deciding factor i'll let you take it over from there but i decided to get my side in (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah we had like uh an ad we we needed to find an interior artist and neither christy or i could draw and we had we had a friend of hers help design the costumes and uh some looks at the characters we wanted someone else for interiors so we just internet said to put up some ads on some different websites and so we did and we got like a ton of people jumped in but Gemma stood out from the very beginning I mean, how can you resist? It's just <laughs> yeah. And like she said, she we started emailing with her and she took it upon herself to draw this fan fiction chibi images of the characters and sent it to Christy. And that was pretty much sealed the deal right there for her. Oh, yeah, so I, cute. I'm a sucker for very cute drawings. And <laughs> once that was in, I was, I was just I couldn't. I couldn't say yes enough. And Sean had to me argue for a little while. And finally, I got my way. <laughs> <laughs> We hired her up, and we couldn't have found a better collaborator. That's oh, seriously. It uh, started out just looking for an artist, but Gemma's work is just astounding in general. She comes up with some of our funniest jokes and ideas, so we immediately wanted to get her on board as more of a partner than just somebody who draws with us, because everything that she's added to the project has been invaluable. The project wouldn't be the same without her at all, so... I mean, that's incredible just because I I mean, I've like talked to a few creators before and it's always a very subjective experience. Like the dynamics of uh, how creators work together is very subjective. But yeah, so like that's just really comforting to hear because, you know, the best, you know, it's nice to hear that teamwork is actually possible or that like good collaborations are really possible. And um yeah. Yeah. And like, forgive me for my lack of know-how in this department, but I always want to, I wanted to ask also, like, what was it like to, well, you told me about how it was like to work together, but what was it like working with um, Taylor Esposito for lettering as well? And Oh, man. Yeah. Taylor, yeah, he really. You know, he upped our game. We just, we, Christy, I guess, had already been following him on Twitter, 
mm-hmm. and he followed her back. And then one day it was like last, or I think some December ago, the day we were ready to like announce to like our friends on Facebook and make it public that we were working on this comic project, he reached out to her and said, "Hey, I'll be happy to do your lettering for you because we were just going to have Gemma do it because she, she was going to handle awesome. it." He yeah, saw our announcement then, somehow through the Twitter sphere, and he volunteered to help us out and had good rates and clearly quality work. So we took him, jumped at the chance. Oh, my gosh. That's so awesome. Yeah, he's really raised us to a level that I think we were already doing really well. We had a really solid project idea. We already worked really well as a team. Gemma's art just levels up every second we yeah. uh, get something new from her. It's just amazing. And then just having Taylor with those professional letters, it's Lettering, I think, is one of those things like you don't really know how good it is until you see how bad yes. it is. Yes, I, it's. I, I could never describe what bad lettering is, but the minute I see it, I'm like, oh, that's that is specifically bad lettering. So, yeah, yeah, that's really, take, yeah, that's really interesting, Christy. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, no, no, I'm just, just that following up with just how amazing Taylor is. He really, he helped us a lot with making the book look as professional as it does. His advice has been really great because he's actually been doing this professionally. Mm-hmm. So he's been taking our level of amateur and, and raising it to another level where we're learning so much from him mm-hmm. that it's making all of our work better as a result. That's amazing. I, I love hearing that because I think that colorists and letterers, that's like two of the most underrated jobs in comics for sure. And I definitely wanted to ask you about that. And I agree with you that it's one of those things where it's really hard to explain, but you can tell when it's bad, when it's done poorly. But some way that one way that I like thought about describing it is kind of it's like advertising when like good advertising is when you don't even question the image you're looking at. And you're just like, yeah, okay, like I want that or something. But Mm -hmm. if you see that it's just like, for whatever reason, like the font is wrong or the coloring is wrong, you immediately tell and you're just like, what is wrong with that sign? Like, it's really bugging me. I don't like it. And like instantly you make a judgment about it. So it's really great that you got a chance to work with him. And and also like it's nice to just hear that, you know, letters and colors are like are getting, you know, the traction that they need because it's super underrated and I could never do it, but it's amazing. So a question for all of you Perhaps uh, this might be a bit of a selfish question on my part, but I'm very interested in like creator owned work and self publishing and having full control of your own creative work. So how did each of you find a way to stay focused on what you love to do? And I know that the common advice is to, you know, just do it. But is there any kind of mantra or idea that each of you chase whenever you're creating, be it art or writing? Interesting question. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um... I mean, I think they really do mean it when they say just do it, because when you're not doing anything at all, you're not chasing anything. You're not doing anything. You're just sitting there and you're just thinking about it. And that just thinking about it can be make you more stagnant than anything else. The more you do, once you have something to work with, you can edit forever. You can revise forever. Mm -hmm. You can change all you want. It has to exist first. So just doing it really is the best way to do it. It's really the best mantra because... I started doing it and then Sean saw that I was doing so well and was so happy doing it that he needed to. Mm-hmm, and yeah. it just grows and grows because I couldn't I couldn't do Gamer Girl and Dixon without Sean. I couldn't do it without Gemma. It's but it had to come from somewhere. So it came from me and Sean and we brought Gemma on and now we're creating something. And mm-hmm. you look at 
from our very first pitch all the way up through the end of chapter three, you can see how much we've grown, how much we've figured out yeah. in that short amount of time. We, w- we couldn't have done that if we hadn't even started, if we hadn't even bothered trying in the first place. Mm. Yeah, because I've known I wanted to be a writer since you know I was a kid myself, but I hadn't done anything for the longest time, just some of that stuff online by myself. So when Chrissy motivated me to finally get off my butt and start writing, I haven't stopped. And I'm writing projects on my own and working on other ideas, but putting just putting them to paper and finally doing it and having so much fun doing it is what it's all about. So really it is just once you get started, hopefully you can't stop. I'm a very team-based person, so I would always recommend taking on these things with people that you trust so that Mm. you two can do it together or the group of you can do it together and that you can try and impress them and you can be impressed by them and they can help you through the slumps that are inevitable. Mm. So I always like working with groups of people to to help me keep going. And if I get bored, I could just switch between art or writing because I have that as an option. You don't, suckers. (laughs) (laughs) right to the core yeah (laughs) (laughs) like my insecurities ouch (laughs) yeah right in the bags (laughs) the feels i'm so (laughs) ruthless all right well i think um my last my final question is meant to be some fun for you guys hopefully if you had to choose a character to connect with the most out of your own series which is Game of Girl and Vixen, which would it be? And if you can't think of one for that, what character do you connect with the most outside of your series, like in any forms of fiction or nonfiction? I would have to say I connect most with Gamer Girl. Mm. Uh, she's a character I created, and pretty much I base her on all my own love of pop culture and video games. Awesome. So I'm sure she and I would have a great time talking about all sorts of stuff. I might have to be the Vixen to your Gamer Girl, Sean, because I don't, because <laughs> I relate a lot to Vixen for some reason. But Christy, Gemma, what about you guys? You first. I mean, me first? I don't you know. I just kind of, I'm kind of feeling jump shots. When we first started doing this, I would kind of imagine myself the Vixen. <laughs> but now that we've written Jump Shot out so much, she just got such good intention and just such a pushover. <laughs> I love him so much. We got a... Um, some of the feedback we've gotten is that how much of a pushover jump shot is, and he is, and I get it. <laughs> like, oh. oh, these girls are just having a bad night. Okay, I get it. On you go. You uh, yeah, so like, so understand, like understanding to a fault, just like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you were just having a little fun. Nobody got hurt. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so sweet. I love jump shot now. <laughs> such a... Kind of a, we were like, we need a hero. And we came up with Jump Shot. And he was just mostly, he was kind of a joke because of all the sports. And we're not really sports people at yeah. all. So we would be very funny with it. And now I relate to him probably more than anybody else. <laughs> but that's so funny because all the characters are so relatable and likable. I think that that's what's so amazing too. But yeah, Gemma, what about you? Probably Vixen for now. But mm-hmm. the absolute second she walks on panel, it's probably going to be Bubblegum. I'm probably going to hijack that character and say, no, she would. I mean, I, I mean, she wouldn't say that. Uh, she'd say this. <laughs> and I just like completely rewrite her. And like failing that, then I suppose Gallivant from the TV show Gallivant. Oh, interesting. Why is that? Because I'm arrogant, full of myself, proud, snobbish, <laughs> you know, 
<laughs> active. I embrace flaws. That's one of the things I liked working about this. It's like when you were talking about Gamer Girl and Vixen not being villains, they're not. They're more chaotic neutral than they are anything mm-hmm. evil. Yeah. And I sure. have always been one for like favoring the bad guy, you know, or the anti hero mm-hmm. because. Bad guys are allowed to have flaws, and flaws lead to people struggling or losing. And I like watching people lose, 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 and then start turning around and winning because that, to me, is a better fight than oh, someone of course. that just oh, of course. wins. Yeah. You of know? course. People are so terrified of giving their characters flaws, like saying, this person is a liar. They say, no, 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 no. Uh, they were a liar, but they're not now. Or this person lied to them and now they have trust issues. Nothing is ever a character's mm-hmm, fault. Mm-hmm. You know, embrace the flaws, you know? It's like it doesn't this make external you a bad yeah. person. Mm-hmm. You know, if you embrace the flaw, then you can overcome it and be better because of it. And it makes your story better. So I have no problem being a flawed a prima donna. I pretty much state that on my Tumblr. I say like <laughs> uh, what am I? I am the glamorous tomboy with a wicked wit and a penchant for puns. <laughs> I got that. Again, I can't beat that. Like, nobody can beat that. That's so eloquently put. But it's so funny and because... the worst part is these things just come naturally to me. I don't spend time rewriting or that's doing not the wor- That's not the worst part. That's the best part. That's awesome. I would like to effortlessly just exude you know genius or like just have all this like fun stuff coming out i have to like work to have anything fun like that's one of the things i try and do though i figure like people are um, nervous or afraid so if i just exude this overconfidence and, and partiness that just i look like a party is going on then maybe it's infectious and you lighten up and, and feel like a party is going on too you know it definitely is smiles on people's faces I, I love that because I do try, but I don't think I've ever succeeded as well as you have. <laughs> but I didn't used to be this way, but, you know, sometimes something clicks. You just decide, whatever, you only live once. Why not? Indeed. Everyone always asks why. You just ask, why not? That's a great, that's, I think that's a great campaign. <laughs> I'll be on my gravestone. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a yeah, campaign. Yeah, you should. That, at, like 29, <laughs> she said, why not? And then she is dead. that's awesome i mean just okay i mean it's this is so great because just on this light-hearted note i think that i might be all set with all the questions is there any announcement or shout out or comment that any of you'd like to tell everyone here at comics first or the worldwide uh the worldwide web i don't know if anyone calls it that anymore but i just did (laughs) i like i like the information superhighway Super, ooh. Information super, remember back in like the 90s, the information super highway. I like that. Yeah, let's Trying to bring that back. Yeah, bring that back. <laughs> Hashtag information highway. <laughs> but yeah, is there anything that you want to tell the world, the ether that is the internet? You know, I'll mention that I'm right now being kickstarted is a project called My Peculiar Family by Sci-Fi Saturday Night. It's a gothic horror anthology um, that's been teamed up with a bunch of people who have been on the Sci-Fi Saturday Night show. I'm one of those writers. My former partner from Eden Park Tales is part of that show, uh, part of this collection. We've got Christopher Golden and Tracy Hickman writing on it. Sarah Richard did the cover. It's really, really great project. Very cool. Yeah, so... Um, Kickstarter, look for uh, My Peculiar Family and uh, 
get to know the Dinsdales. All right, awesome. My peculiar family, Christy McDowell. And speaking of Kickstarter, of course, we're going to try for another one in a couple months or two. Yeah. Um, get a full graphic novel of the first six chapters of Gamer Girl and Vixen. Yeah. So crunching the details and getting it all together. And hopefully we'll have that project uh, to be a success and get, get out to more people. I'm so excited. I need more Vixen in my life. That needs to happen <laughs> immediately. Awesome. It was like, it was such an unexpected connection for me i was just like yeah vixen <laughs> needs to be in my life more <laughs> that's a big thing i'm so excited yes <laughs> my little brain baby <laughs> yes all right and then Gemma, do you have anything to share with the world i am probably because i'm still sorting it out going to be going to my first convention have a table there <gasps> yeah really apply to many people because i'm in england so yay to anyone that knows that but I'm going to try for the Newcastle Comic Con in March. Oh, so. that's really exciting. I might actually, the Newcastle Comic Con. It's exciting. All right. I've, I've been to like three Comic Cons now mm-hmm. in my entire life, and this will be my first table, but I think I can do it, you know? You can definitely do it. Art, you know, you're, you're, yeah, I'm not, you're, there's no concern there at all. <laughs> You definitely are fine. I have some weaknesses or something, I think. I'm sure that there is some flaw, but we don't, yeah, like, that's for the next issue. (laughs) (laughs) To be continued. Yes. All right. Well, thanks so much for talking to me. This was really fun. Yeah, I had a really good time. And sorry for going on my own little digressions. I got a little overexcited. No, it's wonderful. You're allowed to do (laughs) <laughs> but if, yeah, if you ever want like flattering art or anything, you know, you can always talk to me. You can hit me up on Skype or just talk to me on Tumblr, and I can like give you tips, advice, tutorials. Oh, be careful! Anything. Be yeah. careful! I will, I will hit you up for just like the most banal reasons, like, <laughs> like I'll you ask you how to cook something because I'm a horrible cook. Just like, can you help me? Your confidence makes me probably. think you'll know. <laughs> oh, probably, honestly, probably, like. Anytime something goes wrong, it's like the gate's broken. I'm out there and I've just figured something out. I jury rig all kinds of fixes to everything. How do I cook rice? I've already done it. All right. I mean, this is perfect because I think that we'll be all keeping in touch for a while anyway because of your various new projects and also just Gemma's personality. So, (laughs) yeah. I'm deleting all of you. Second this is over, I'm deleting every single one of you. No. My heart is broken. Don't block me. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, thank you guys. Sean Mills, Christy McDowell, and Gemma Moody, creators and artists of Gamer Girl and Vixen. You heard them. Check them out in the next month or two for the first six issues of Gamer Girl and Vixen. Uh, My name is Kay, and this is Comics Verse. And I think that's all we got here today. (laughs) 